Hello and welcome to Eavesdropping at the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Jose. You've been on holiday? No, I haven't been on holiday. I have uh, been for a couple of days in Spain. Working? Uh, uh, yes, seeing museums and films and recharging my intellectual batteries. Sounds like a <laughs> And then I was in London uh, working, actually. Yeah. And then I was on the jury of Q Weekender, the Northampton Queer Film Festival. Tell us uh, about that. How did that go? That was excellent, actually. I mean, the selection of films was really uh, incredible. Uh, uh, So it was very difficult to choose uh, a winner. My favorite of the films was this Vietnamese film called Song Lang, which is about a kind of an enforcer for a moneylender who falls in love with an opera singer or... Opera singer? Yeah. Right. So there's this popular type of narrative opera, right, Um, in Vietnam. Yeah, so, you know, the star of that uh, gets embroiled in a money-lending thing and, you know, kind of the company is about to be shut down and he uh, pays back the money that the company owes, you know, to this enforcer. And then they end up in a bar and they end up in a fight together and they end up uh, spending the night together. And it's it's a really, the filming is beautiful. The imagery is beautiful. Um, it can be seen as a bit of a cop-out, you know, the film, because in a way, you know, it would be very difficult to say whether, do they just form like this very close friendship? They reveal their lives. Yeah, right. they become kind of soulmates or something. The sexual element is not underlined or, you know, it's kind of hinted at, but not quite... You know, so I think some people might have had a problem with that. I don't. Um, so, uh, uh, and uh, there was also a Georgian film called And Then We Danced about, you know, these this young man who falls in love with someone in a dance troupe who uh, the dance uh, um, is meant to evoke the country, so it's very macho. It's a very macho place to be, even mm. though it's dancing. So, and that's what won the prize, and it's very, very good as well. So it was kind of, you know, uh, uh, a really interesting thing to be uh, a part of. And in fact, I'm hoping uh, to talk uh, to the organizers and do a podcast with them at some point. I wanna, in a way, I wanna find out more about, you know, what they do, really. So yeah, so lovely. Yeah, so but now we're back to eavesdropping, and we have seen, you know, what I think is a really interesting film. I'm curious to know what you made of it. Yes, I think it's interesting and um, and pretty engrossing. We've seen Monos. Spoilers coming up. Spoil lots of things. So make sure you go and see it first because it's so good. Really, Mm. Uh, the trailer was fantastic, and actually the trailer was doing rounds at around the same time as Apocalypse Now was coming out in that re-release that we saw, and the parallels just from the trailer, seemed quite obvious. I mean, it's a war film, um, to some degree, and that's clear from the trailer, but also there's a kind of lost in the wilderness kind of wildness going on, and also there's just, again, from the trailer alone, a stunning uh, kind of eye for composition and visual beauty yes. in the film. Whoever did the publicity did a good job, because, mm. you know, it's a film that you were aware of, yeah, and kind of almost waiting for it to come out. And actually, I was afraid that because I've been away, I, I was afraid that we might have missed it, really. But no, it's still playing and very much worth seeing, I think. It's a Colombian film. 
Uh, it's been produced by a whole host of uh, uh, international financiers, but it's a Colombian film. Um, it's uh, written and directed. Well, it's directed by Alejandro Landers. Mm. Written and directed by Landers and Alexis Dos Santos. Mm. Uh, and it's got a cast of these eight kids, primarily. Yes. Um, so there's also a, a kind of a Lord of the Flies thing going on in it. And if you don't think Lord of the Flies right from the beginning, by the time they put a pig's head on a stick, it's yeah. pretty clear. Yeah. It's, um, I got Lord of the Flies from yeah. the very beginning, actually. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was shot... That, well, this is if the Wikipedia is to believe, because there is a citation needed note. But uh, the locations used, primarily, they it's on a mountain and also in uh, kind of jungles. Yes. Um, the, the this is from Wikipedia. Uh, the film was shot on location in Colombia on the Chingaza Paramo in Cundinamarca, and on the jungle of the Samaná River Canyon in Antioquia. Mm. Both locations had never been caught on film due to the extreme conditions in terms of access and weather, which is, although it says citation needed, completely believable. It's and what uh, what a joy. Uh, that these locations have been filmed yes. because it's incredible there's one shot in particular on top of a mountain where they're above the clouds and yeah. within the clouds yes. and the, the mountain is all sort of silhouetted and the clouds are clear and it's incredible to look at I thought you were going to like you know hit me in the ribs or something because there were about three moments <laughs> where I just couldn't stop myself from saying wow yeah right know. at the start uh, it was just so beautiful uh, <laughs> uh, you know it's, it's I mean, one of the one of the old-fashioned things about going to the movies was to see places that you would never otherwise see, mm. right? And actually, I think the film for me fulfills fulfills that function, right? Kind of the locations are so incredibly beautiful, uh, and they're filmed so beautifully. So there's just like this aesthetic pleasure in seeing, you know, the, this place filmed like this is just unbelievably beautiful. Uh, yeah. So, uh, roughly speaking, the film uh, follows these uh, eight kids who are child soldiers in something called the organisation. You don't ever really know what the organisation is or what it's fighting for. That's right. Um, which is something that I uh, would be critical of. I would have liked more on this. But, yes. Um, they're, but they, they, they're on top of this mountain with this kind of fort. There's just like a big stone building that is the only thing around. Um, they're occasionally visited by this adult who is a very short bloke, um, but he's clearly in, in control. Uh, well, let's he, be clear, he's not just a short bloke. I think he's a dwarf, isn't he? Or um, Well, I don't know. I mean, I think he is just a short bloke. I mean, mm, I, I, he doesn't really have dwarfism. Okay, sorry. So, well, he's a little person. Though, he's very yeah, short. Yeah. Uh, um, and, but, sorry, go on. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think there was... I mean, I don't want to make a big fuss about it, you know, but I think it's an interesting casting choice because he is a little person. I mean, he might not be, I mean, I, you know, I'm not well versed in the technical terms, so it might not be a dwarf, but, you know, there are, are other conditions in which kind of people are like three foot tall, you know, that are not, do not involve dwarfism. And he is somebody like that. He might be four foot, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, I agree. It's like, it's not something you want to make too much of. But there is there is something interesting to his presence, and I kind of, I guess you kind of believe it. Well, I I kind of thought about it in terms of maybe that's why, in the logic of the story, maybe that's why he is in charge of children mm. because you know, he couldn't be in charge of adults that wouldn't take him so seriously. Maybe perhaps that's the way I kind of thought about it. But perhaps, but you, again, nothing is clear. Yeah, really. you don't cast uh, you know either a dwarf or a little person 
without a reason. Yeah, yeah. like, you know, it's a very striking image uh, that he presents sometimes because, you know, he's not only like a little person, but he's like completely built like a bodybuilder. Yeah, right? exactly. So he's ripped. Yeah, it's a yeah. So just kind There's of a very striking aspect to the way he looks and the way right. and the way he acts, and he is in charge of. It. I mean, everyone else is taller than him. These these are kids up between like fourteen and eighteen. So these mm. aren't young young kids. These are in their teens. Um, but you know, uh, nonetheless, they also probably couldn't get the best of him in a fight because, as you say, the guy is built. Yes. <laughs> um, one of the interesting things that he does is because right at the start of the film, I was probably expecting it to be harsher than it was, mm. which I think it becomes a little bit later, but I was expecting it to be really about the kind of um, the situation that these kids are in being completely unsuited to them, being inhumane and that sort of thing, mm. and it is but they're not fighting a war right at the start they, are, mm. they have been tasked with keeping an American uh, uh, captive captive mm. um, this doctor, played by Julianne Nicholson, who I weirdly recognise well, I don't reckon who I weirdly only know her as the bookie in Snatch. Mm. Very bizarre. Anyway, she's very good. Um, and, the, and the interesting thing is when the guy, when the, the leader comes around, the, the adult this is, um, you know, he trains them and he keeps them in line. And he does the weird thing where he, he uh, allows them to set up well in the english subtitles it's partnerships mm. but i was listening as much as i could to the spanish that they were speaking and i think the word used was matrimonos yeah i mean the translation is very sly actually because uh um so um there are two incidents so so one you know when they say a partnership i think initially it's come together but then afterwards they do say the word matrimonio which means marriage yeah you're kind of partnered up formally um but there's a lot of homophobic language throughout right yeah and you know there's a lot of maricones maricas yeah faggots blah. and that's that's, that's not there at that's all not there at all that's the first i've no <laughs> yeah. i had no idea yeah so it right. is there uh so and you know and i'm sorry that they've done that actually because you know the film is so interesting about you know, kind of elements of sex and sexuality and gender and, mm. you know, it kind of, it shows so fluid. There are so many types of young people there and, you know, you have these two men kissing and then you have these two women kissing, you know, and you have a young man who is kind of transy, yeah? The guy who shoots the yeah, cow. Yeah, dog. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so, the, so the film is so uh, uh, woke in a way about these issues, you know, and... Uh, uh, it's the older authoritarian figure who keeps calling them faggots when they're not doing the exercises properly and so on. Right. It is kind of like standard army issue, so to speak. Uh, but it's a it's a pity that the 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 subtitles erase it. Yeah, they didn't reflect that at all. Yeah. And there was another weird, I think, minor thing with the subtitles um, was that the uh, one of the one of the two girls that kiss one of them's called Rambo, mm. um, and yeah, you know, I was throughout the throughout the whole film. I couldn't. I didn't know whether she was a boy or a girl. She's very androgynous. Yes, exactly. Um, and keeps her hair very short as well. Which you know, and and you can't really tell from the voice either, um, which I thought was interesting. And then uh, there's one point where someone says, and then this is the English subtitles. Um, he's a crybaby, and it was he in the subtitles. Mm. And I picked up on that because I was looking for clues at any point. Is this mm. a boy or a girl? Mm. I was sort of curious. And then in the credits, 
uh, I noted that the it's play, uh, the character played by an actress named Sofia Buenaventura. Mm. Um, so I don't know if that was a mistranslation in the subtitles. Um, uh, I don't know, know, but I think that ambiguity is deliberate. Right? Yeah, you know. So, and it's one of the things that makes the film so interesting. Um, so I kind of, I'm not sure uh, that what you said about wanting to know more is. Um, well, obviously, it's an issue for you, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying, you know, this is the type of film where you think everything is quite deliberate. So if you're not given more information, the question to ask is, why aren't you? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't uh, I didn't come out of it thinking it was a mistake that I didn't know details about what this organization was, for instance, mm. kind of what, you know, uh, how the kids got into it, anything like that. It didn't it didn't appear to be a mistake. But I think then, you know, the, the fact that it's deliberate to me says the film is going for something more allegorical. Exactly. About human nature. Yeah, and again, I think that's, that speaks to something like Lord of the Flies, which is really about that too. It's a very clear allegory in Lord of the Flies. Yes. Um, but not just about human nature. I think actually about American culture. So it's very interesting that the first words you hear in the film are Rambo and Schmurf. Yeah, that's true. That's two of the characters' names. Yeah. So yeah, and they're American characters. You know, and one girl dreams of being taken away and dancing on a television show, right? Yeah. yeah. Although it wasn't clear to me if she was playing the the doctor when she said that. I don't know because you get the feeling that these children have been taken out of somewhere mm. and put there, right? And and actually, I think one of them at one point says, you know, kind of, uh, uh, you know. If you escape, it'll mean like we've been um, suffering this this cold for nothing, mm. right? So you know, kind of, this is a life of private privation for them, and they are children. They have been taken from somewhere, yeah, or joined up for some reason, or you can imagine all kinds of things. Or that to pay a family debt, or they've been coerced by the local mafia, or whatever, right? Like kind mm. of, you know, they are in this fortress. You know, uh, in nowhere, like the you know one of the hardest places to get to, and they're guarding you know an American woman doctor, yeah. Mm. So kind of what's she doing there? How did they get there? Why have they chosen to guard? You know, kind of all you see repeatedly is that this, this woman reads you know the paper to demonstrate that she's alive, but who is she reading it to? Yeah, kind of. Mm. I think all of that is... Yeah, because they film her, so clearly these tapes are going to go somewhere, but you don't know any of that. Yeah, and then I think there's a really kind of interesting moment where, you know, the American woman has been treated quite respectfully, right? And she makes various attempts to escape. Um, And then, you know, they make it sound like, you know, putting a chain around her so that she doesn't escape is the worst violation you can possibly do or, yeah... And then there's a moment where actually this woman kills two other people. Mm. Yeah. You know, so 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 that kind of changes everything around, right? Kind of, you know. Did she kill two? Who else did yes, she? Yes. She kills she, she, kills she girl, strangles right? the young girl uh, and drowns her, and then she shoots the other person who was there guarding. The young, I think it's two. The young boy appears and she shoots him. Which young boy? Uh, when she's coming out of the, um, oh, maybe I'm... I think, no, no, um, she then puts her clothes on and escapes and the kid's tied up still. Yes. Um, she doesn't, I don't, I think she only kills the one girl. The other person who dies is the leader who's shot by, um, 
uh, Bigfoot. Right. And obviously Wolf dies at the start. Right. Okay. Um, I, I, thought... I think she only shot the one. Okay. Killed the one, rather. Anyway, it's quite brutal. But, she, but she, yes, she her, kills him. Her. So, uh, so I thought that was interesting, right? So is it saying something about, you know, American culture, American intervention, in La- you know, in Latin America? Mm. Yeah, kind of. You're not too clear on that, really. So the film is really focusing on the interrelationships of all of these people. But it is in an allegorical kind of setting where... Um, children are soldiers. Uh, there's a lot of different factions kind of appearing, which I wonder if it has anything to do with Colombian history. There's that scene where they, where the, you know, the androgynous girl, uh, is it Ram- Rambo? Rambo uh, takes finds shelter with his family, mm-hmm. right? And then the mother and the father instantly get killed, and the camera lingers on the faces of the children who had been hiding under a sofa or something. Under a table. Under a table. So, you know, are you meant to kind of make a relation between these children and the, you know, the children who are now killing people, right? There was an image that spoke to me overall, which was an image that came right towards the end of the film, um, which is it's just about where Rambo's finally escaped. She, mm. She's kind of had this... Uh, you know, she's, she's not really been sure all along, I suppose, and she's... Um, found it within herself to to run away. Um, and it's right at the end of the film, there's a helicopter shot mm. of a couple of rivers next to each other, and one is very dirty, it's full of sludge and soil and sediment, and the other is clean. Yes, and they, that's... And they meet, and the clean river dies at that point. It's taken over yes. by the dirty one. And it's an image that says... You know, you can't stay clean for long. The moment you come in contact with something dirty, it takes you over. Mm. And that kind of, like, the, there's a whole thing in this film about the, the children are theoretically innocent. Like, the, the thing is, weirdly, that um, they're only really kind of regimented and training when that leader's there. When he's not there, they're playing. Yes. And they're, and they're also, they're kids, they're growing up, and they're uh, uh, re- having romantic encounters and sexual encounters. Yes. Um, you know, they're being kids. Yes, um, and they're being very good kids because they ask permission for things. Yeah, yes. yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're real Generation Zers, aren't they? Like, they're, they're, no irony in them. They're all sincere and. But but the but then you also got the doctor mm. who one assumes I, you can't assume too much, I suppose. But I kind of took it as she's there on for humanitarian purposes, or would have been initially. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't. That's how I took it. I didn't because I, I think there's at one point. They also refer to an engineer. One of the broadcasts says, you know, a missing engineer or something. Right. So I, I don't take that for granted at all. Okay. She's... Well, either way, she's a doctor, which and doctors theoretically are doing good things. Mm. And as you say, she ends up brutally killing a child. Yes. You know, again, she can't stay clean in the world that she's in now. Mm. And that's that. And and then the thing with Rambo, Rambo escapes, mm. um, and the final shots of the film are of her on a helicopter, an army helicopter, having been picked up, and they're flying into the city, and you hear the uh, uh, commander or whatever on the helicopter saying, um, you know, what are we going to do with her? What happens next? And she looks pretty terrified, and the camera cuts back. And, you know, what's happened? She's she's grown up in a sort of army, and she where she wind up after she escapes? Mm. With another army. Mm. Yes. You know? Like, there's yes. no escape. There's no escape. Um... Yeah. Once a, dirty, always dirty, and that's what that river says. Uh, but I, 
Yes, I kind of, I, I registered that as well. And, um, you know, kind of such a deliberate and striking image, you know, and I was trying to make sense of it, but actually I think you, you did it better than I could have really, because you can see that strand kind of, uh, throughout the rest of the film. Hmm. Um, the only real true innocence in the whole thing are the family that Rambo takes refuge with. And you and end up with the mother shot. and dad dying, the kids without parents, possibly yeah. being shot. That's left ambiguous. Um, well, because they're discovered by Lady. Yeah. Um, so no idea what she did. Exactly. And there's a very um, portentous close-up on her face. Right. But it is kind of, you know, children... Killing parents, leaving other children orphaned. Yeah, it's kind yeah, of at best. <laughs> at best. Yeah. Um, so, so it's a very striking film, and it was very kind of in, interesting and beautiful to watch. Um, I did try. I was wondering, you know, what's it all about? Why are you seeing this? You know, I kind of. Um, I mean, some things were, were kind of very clear, um, but some things were not, yeah, kind of. So there was some narrative information that, I, that, like you, I would have liked to have had. You know, who is that woman that is being imprisoned? Why is she being imprisoned? You know, what's the deadline for her release, mm. <laughs> right? Because there, there are these things that are suggested. So, you know, who, there's a conversation that she has where she wants to ask a question, and can't ask a question. You imagine that maybe someone is tricking her, thinking you know that she's talking to her husband, and where it could be somebody else. Or, but it's a very interesting thing. And actually, I think there are other things maybe about, you know, globalization and chaos and nature and the city, that I'm not kind of quite making sense yet. So, for example, you know, I was very struck that these children are in some of the, you know, the the highest altitude mountains and you know, these virgin forests and, you know, so like there is this thing about nature, you know, but often they have like uh, tattoos or nose rings or lip rings or piercings. Mm. Yeah, kind of, I, it's almost like a kind of, I don't know, an urban street culture, but kind of transplanted into this, you know, wilderness really. Mm. Um, and the wilderness is seen as being beautiful, but also deadly. Yeah, or forbidding or harsh, mm. right? Kind of, you know, you're shown that they're living a very hard life amidst, you know, kind of this natural beauty, right? And also that there's a fortified element to that life, right? Like what you see is this immense fort, don't you? On the top of the mountain. On top of the mountain. Yeah, it's a vast sort of... Well, it's, it's huge, but it's just this one big square building. That's right. In amongst all this, you know, kind of organic beauty. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, but they entered through a hole in the ground and, mm. yeah, so it's almost like they're, I don't know, rats or ferrets or, yeah, they're, you know, they're living in this kind of splendid place, but it is also, a, you know, a place of nature and a place of war or defense or, yeah, um, it's kind of, it's very tantalizing, it's kind of suggestive uh, imagery. Um, but again, you know, kind of, well, there's a kind of brutality to their way of life in mm. some respects. So you see butchering the cow for one thing, you know. It's, yes. it's, it's, um, well, I mean, clearly they're butchering a real the cow. The cow is called Shakira. Yeah, the, yeah, sorry, the cow is called Shakira. Well, I think it's Colombian, isn't she? She is, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but um, but there, there there are these things about kind of the way they live. It's, it's it's always very muddy and that kind of thing. And there's there's a harshness to it. But again, kind of what sort of what I was saying about the start of the film being not what I expected is there's a surprising amount of tenderness to it. Mm. I think you know so like those those relationships that are struck up between characters are real romantic relationships, and these are kids. You know, kind of, kind of feeling their way through. But they quickly, their feelings. Be- they quickly become power relations, though. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I think there are all of those things, but they're really all closed down by authority and hierarchy, and you know. Yeah, but I suppose um, it's a society that sets its own very harsh rules. You know, so if you deviate from it, right, kind of, you know, you're tied, you're tied to a tree. <laughs> yeah. Well, I suppose, but then um, to to return to that. Um, uh, Lord of the Flies uh, kind of parallel I was drawing it's something that the film I think descends into you know so as yes as power leaves and as things start getting out of hand so they kill this cow which is on loan from someone that's a very very bad thing and that's that's an accidental death um, uh, and then the leader Wolf uh, kills himself because I guess you don't exactly know why, but the feeling is he just feels very isolated and he's going to be sort of struggling well, for this because he's in charge. I mean, the reason why he kills himself is because uh, the way that the cow was set up is, you know, kind of this cow is just as important as your prisoner. Yeah. You know, it's not only will provide you with milk, but we have to return it intact because if we don't return it intact, we'll be able to kind of get nothing else from these people. So... So it's set up yeah. as like a very precious thing, and he knows that you know once they find out that the cow, yeah, which has been his responsibility, no longer exists, he will be punished for it. So that's why he yeah kills himself. So he kills himself. The alternative will be worse. And it um, suggests and Bigfoot, who is uh, uh, kind of a, a, a wild kid, and actually I should quickly apparently he was in Hannah Montana. <laughs> <laughs> Moises Araya. Colombian, American Colombian, but he was in Hannah Montana. Right. Who knew? And and God, I mean, I've never seen Hannah Montana, but Christ knows he's intimidating in this. Mm. So imagine what he must have been like in that. And he kind of, well, he's given command, and um, it's under him that uh, he starts to sort of take things into his own hands a little bit. That's when they um, sort of escape into the jungle, and then and it's once they're in the jungle that things start becoming really. Mm. Um, you know, Lord of the Flies-ish and sort of um, the group starts to become very disjointed I mean it's it's not really a cohesive whole at the beginning either but certainly towards the end they are much more liberal with kind of punishing people for things uh, take, doing things off their own bat that mm. sort of thing they're much less of a unit as the film goes mm. on I think what you said about Hannah Montana is so interesting because you know one of the things that you so you see kind of all these teenagers right and, you know, they're breakdancing and, you know, kind of they're playing games and so on. And they're very powerful and they're very athletic. And, you know, kind of one of the things that fascinated me was, you know, one of them does this backflip or back and forth flip with their body. Mm. And I think it's so interesting because, you know, the body's clearly powerful and agile, yet it doesn't evoke that because it doesn't fit into the stereotype of a good body that we now have which is to be really ripped and it's so interesting that the 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 only person who has like that american type of ripped body is the guy who was in hannah montana (laughs) yeah i think probably wolf had it as well he dies early on um not 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 
like that. No, th- I mean, this is a really ripped kind of gym body. Yeah, mm. that's true. Well, uh, uh, um, Bigfoot, Bigfoot does have that. Um, yeah, were you surprised at certain things? So we, we, you kind of jumped when um, the the short fellow, the leader, yes. the adult, was shot. Yes, I didn't expect that. I I expected that the moment they got on the boat. Yeah, well, and, and especially when you saw um, uh, Bigfoot had a gun. Yes, you know, I think it's so interesting because the film begins by saying we are a family, right? You know, and I'm a father, you know, and I'm going to be like a father to you, and so on. And of course, you know, this kind of like gets unravelled, and mm. you have all these brutalities and power relations and coercions and so on but it's very interesting at that moment because you know uh is it bigfoot has a gun yeah so he's been given a gun right they obviously have to be on guard in this river against opposing factions which you never really see um but clearly this is society in which everyone is on guard against gun violence they all have guns and every time somebody approaches Right, like the gun comes out, like with that family, right? Because, mm. you know, so 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 it's kind of I don't know a real condemnation of 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 the culture, really. Um, and it's interesting that it begins in you know the peak of this mountain or you know above the clouds, you know, and it ends with this military hop- helicopter going into the city, mm. right? Kind of you know, so you have the feeling that like everything is militarized in one way or another, yeah that. Kind of everyone's in danger and kind of you know it's a war culture yeah mm. yeah. yeah no matter how civilized mm. well we don't see much civilization no, really. you, see, you see a shot of a city at the end yeah um <laughs> yeah. and you see like this kind I mean, I of thought, god i thought the family you know the moment that that, that uh rambo winds up with that family and they feed him yeah take her in um i was thinking what are they doing here? Like they need to know that these kids are out there and that yeah. they, these family needs to be protected. I didn't know. I didn't think they definitely would die. I didn't think that straight away, but I just thought they they're in trouble. You know, well, it's very interesting because the shots are all shots of the quotidian and of home. You know, they eat, and the mother reminds the kids of their manners not to eat so quickly. You have shots of the kids playing in the garden. Mm. You know, shots of sitting on the porch. And make space for a guest. Yeah, and so on. So actually, it's a very homey, familial space. Yet as soon as they hear noises of an intruder, the guns come out. Yeah, true. They have guns right? as well. So, um, so it, it kind of it, it gives this impression that the whole culture is on some type of war footing. You know? Yeah. Um, I want to say a word about the soundtrack as well. Mm. The score, mm. in particular. The score was uh, by... Uh, Give me one moment. Micah Levi, uh, known by her stage name Mikachu. <laughs> uh, she's English, apparently. Um, there's there's one particular sort of... I don't know if it's the same track, but there is a type of music that occurs in a couple of campfire scenes mm. where there's, there's, there are these kind of sort of atonal drones mm. over the music that speak to a, a kind of... A madness mm. or or a dread that I thought. I mean, they kind of it's that thing of really generating a feeling. Like if you didn't, even if you didn't know exactly what the film is trying to say, maybe even if it is trying to say something very specific, you know, whether it is or not, it's generating mm. a feeling 
of of madness and dread, and there's a kind of dreamlike imagery to it. Which and those those are some of the parts that made me think more of um, Apocalypse Now, mm. you know, which I think is in there. And I think also the the um, the scene where the kids this is under Bigfoot's command at this point in the jungle um, paint themselves in camouflage. So some of them are in this kind of blue wall mm. paint all over like woe mm. and the others are, are spat themselves with mud so they can hide in, mm. in mud uh, and then at night they come out and they're stalking around these cars that they're, that they're kind of looting or whatever mm. um, and there's one shot in particular it's where someone it's where Rambo is trying to free Smurf the little kid who's been oh. tied up yes. at this point she's trying to free him and get away with him and um I think it Bigfoot shows up mm. and stares. No, 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 that, that's that's wrong. That's some, that's Lady. But the Bigfoot shot is a different time. But the Bigfoot shot I'm thinking of mm. is of him in this blue war paint, mm. and he looks. It has an element of that um, of that bit towards the end of Apocalypse Now, where uh, uh, Marlon Brando is covered in camouflage paint, mm. you know, and and looks mad. But also it has like this will sound crass, but it looks like Nightcrawler in mm. X Men. Mm-hmm. If you remember, and there's something really demonic about that look. Yeah, you know, it looks like an imp, like yeah. a demon in this, which is which is something else. Yeah, you know, that's that's not that's not quite the same, and it's something really quite scary. Mm. You know, and really speaks to kind of what this kid is capable of. Mm. You know, he really is kind of untethered, um, and I suppose also has that element of like when you're behind a mask. You can be freer to do things. Mm, like mm. he's dangerous. Yes. Yeah, you know, and that that was a really creepy, creepy look. Hmm. So, um, I think it's I think it's kind of like a magical film in a way because I feel it's one of those films that I can't quite come to grips with at the moment, right? That I feel that there's more to think about really, um, but that I found entrancing and beautiful. Right. And kind of um, it moved really well, you know, and the action kind of worked on me. Right. Mm. Um, And yet I feel that there's kind of connections and meanings and so on that I'm not quite bringing together yet. Well, I wonder whether after kind of all the dust settles, it's kind of allegorical or or kind of thematic uh, substance matches the kind of moment-to-moment experience of watching it. Which I think is, as you say, entrancing Mm. and beautiful and weird and makes me ask all these questions. Uh, But kind of like I say, once all that settles, I wonder whether it is really actually very meaty. Yes. Or saying something... I don't know, but I think it's it's worth uh, underlining and appreciating the fact that this film that is does feel allegorical from the beginning... Mm is nonetheless so entrancing to, and exciting to watch. Yeah, that kind of, you know, it just moves so so well and it's kind of so beautiful and, you know, so it's an interesting film that you're, you're not quite grounded, or you, yeah? Mm. You're, never qu- you're never completely sure of what's going on. Yeah, you always think that something is escaping you, right, or something. Mm. And yet actually that you don't mind, yeah, that kind of, yeah, yeah that, that it's... It's acting on you. It's so beautiful to look at. It's acting on you on, in such interesting ways. And it's flowing so well that you just kind of go with it. And you think, I'll think about it later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I want to emphasise how beautiful it is to look at, especially early on when you're on top of that mountain. And also very early on in the campfire 
sort of dance scene early on where uh, uh, you've got this one fire that is the source of all the light because it's at night and um, and the music's doing that thing mm. and uh, and you've got Lady and uh, Wolf kissing and their hair, hers especially, is lit up from behind by this by these flames. Yeah, it looks incredible. That is that painting with light. Yes, you know. And there are shots, you know, of, of the uh, there are kind of these landscape shots of these silhouetted figures, you know, and and it's the landscape in the background, the sky and the clouds, whatever that, and the sunsets mm. that bring in all these beautiful, rich uh, kind of lights. Tones. Yeah. Uh, there's also something racial that's... I mean, so it has to be important that, you know, the prisoner is like this white, Irish-looking kind of person, right? Uh, and there's that moment where the girls in the group say, let us braid your hair. And they do kind of like this very traditional kind of braided hair with, you know, a part in the middle and a design, mm. right? You know, um, so I think I think there are things there. I kind of, I maybe just don't have the cultural references to kind of, you know, tie them all together as neatly as I'd like. Yeah, or maybe the, you know they're not meant to be tied in so neatly, but that there are things there. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose it kind of occurred to me that there are a couple of characters uh, in the group, and I would say probably of the. Um, this is true of the 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 the, the leader, the adult, the short fella as well. Mm. There's a kind of indigenous. Yes, and then it makes me think of um, Roma, which you know we talked about that being a Mexican film that shows indigenous mm. Mexican people. Which I guess until you see it, you don't think about how rare that is. Mm. And so that's something that kind of occurred to me here that there, yes. there is a mix of people, including apparently indigenous. It's a very good people. point because you see some people that look like indigenous people, some people that actually look you know, uh, Afro-Colombian or whatever, right? That kind of, you know, are, are of African descent to some degree. Mm. Um, you see kind of people who are a mixture of European and, uh, uh, you know, indigenous. And then also some of the characters look just look very white European, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, dark-haired and dark-eyed as opposed to, you know, the prisoner. He was freckled and fair-haired and, you know, I forget what color her eyes are, but blue-green or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, so, so I think the mix of people is an interesting one. Yeah. You know? uh, and again, I imagine very deliberate, right? Because, you know, you could have done it differently. Right? Yeah. So, so all of those things are kind of Things to think about, yeah. So in a way, we're saying, well, the film is an allegory. Well, what is it allegorizing? What is it saying? You know, and in a way, I'm not too sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't mind. No, no, yeah. nor do I. Um, it was a fantastic experience to see it, and I'm mm. really glad we did. Yes. And actually, it's a film that I really now would like to go and read some of the reviews, or indeed the press package, which, you know, I will ask for, actually, and see if that kind of, you know elucidates yes offers a guide yeah yeah so but in the meantime uh you know i i would highly recommend that uh, that people go see it right like you know we didn't know anything about it going in and as i said even though you can't kind of bring in all of the pieces together it was a really terrific kind of experience to see something kind of 
you know, so so beautiful and in some ways so cohesive. Yeah, that kind of moves so well. Yeah, like it, it, in some respects, there are um, uh, vignettes or vignette aspect to it. Some some scenes are actually quite self-contained, I think. But even then, th- th- it is tonally mm. and kind of thematically feels very cohesive. And mm. at no point do I think anything was kind of out of place. Mm. Things are really beautifully put together and kind of overall sort of controlled. Piece some of, of the scenes are amazing, like you know the kids being chased and just being you know, uh, uh, in the flow of that water. Yeah, like, you know... Yeah, the raging torrent. The the raging torrent, yeah. I mean, just these heads kind of bobbing. And actually, the camera work on that is absolutely amazing. The the fact that it's all in focus on the heads, you know, it's really superb. Yeah. Uh, so, So it's kind of... I think there are images in it that I've never seen before. And... You know, there are images that are as beautiful as anything I've ever seen in cinema. Huh? Mm. Yeah. So Wonderful. I recommend you see it. Highly recommended. Yeah, get to a cinema and see it if you can. It's right. fantastic. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. We are eavesdropping at the movies and we are on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify. Yes, we mustn't forget Spotify. The new one. Yeah. Um, uh, the social media is still Facebook and Twitter. And the website is eavesdroppingatthemovies.com. Thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye.